0: well hey everyone welcome to this week's episode of the boundless show this is our special 25th anniversary or birthday if you want to call it that show and you may have noticed something a little bit different oh my goodness we have got a new theme song so uh for the first time In 15 years, the show's only been around 15 years, not 25, but that is literally the first time we have switched up the theme for The Boundless Show. So our old traditional theme, keeping a little piece of that with
1: Boundless Show,
0: and then moving into something new and fun for our next 25 years, we hope, or moving in that direction. All right. Well, welcome, welcome to our 25th show. We're super excited to have you here. And one thing I won't change is giving you a little heads up of what is coming up, because this is a special show. So here we go. Later on for our inbox, we have a guy who's wondering, how can I be more upfront with asking a girl out, someone that I'm interested in? Okay. That is like a classic question. So we thought this is a very classic time to address that question. And one of our counselors, the fabulous Glenn Lutyens, is going to offer some thoughts on that. And then for our culture segment, also in honor of our 25th, Boundless founders, Steve and Candace Waters, join us for a fun look back at Boundless, including where did we even get the name Boundless from? So maybe we should have that be like a quiz or something. So they're going to answer some unique questions about Boundless as well as talking about their vision for young adults back 25 years ago. And what do they feel now that they're the parents of young adults are some of the unique challenges facing young adults today that maybe weren't even around 25 years ago. So it's really going to be a fascinating conversation. Speaking of fascinating, here we are for our roundtable with our fabulously fascinating panelists. We have Georgia, John, and Ryan here. Hey, guys. Hey, Hey Lisa. Lisa. Howdy. All right. Um, It's okay. You can say happy 25th. Happy 25th. Happy 25th. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Excellent. So there's not, is there anyone here that wasn't born 25 years ago? Me. Okay, Georgia, you're younger than 25. So you were not, Boundless is older than you are. By
2: two years, yes. Wow. Okay. How do you feel about that?
0: Does it make you feel young and okay?
2: Yeah, I feel good about it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have two more years in me than Boundless. I don't know. (laughs) Or less. Less. I don't know.
0: Two more. Two years less, I guess. Okay. So uh, both John and Ryan were here when Boundless was here. Mm
3: -hmm. I would have just turned four by the time this episode is airing.
0: Okay. Well, welcome four-year-old John.
4: (laughs) I'm a 96 baby, so y'all can do the math. Okay. Two years. It's only
0: like you were only two years old. Okay, we'll give it to you.
3: I was 94.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, I was like six years old, so it's
3: all good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. (laughs) Something like that. For every (laughs) young.
0: Exactly. So, you know, in my heart, at least. So, well, we thought it would be fun because Boundless has historically, we started out as a college webzine back in 1998, and it was mostly focused on worldview issues. So helping college students navigate. Uh, really college and worldview issues around what they were learning uh, culturally in school and whatnot, and then morphed into so many other things, including the things that we talk about today. And so we thought it would be fun to talk about the types of advice that we need and that we kind of go after and how we've learned things and, and what that looks like. And so... Because that's kind of like Boundless is a purveyor of advice in so many different ways and resources and also community. And of course, we're all doing life together in this space. Some of us a few steps ahead, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) But let's first start out, like, how long have you guys known about Boundless? When were you first introduced to Boundless? Because I don't feel like it was a long time ago for any of you.
2: Not gonna lie, I... Didn't know about it till I started working here. Okay. Well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well. Hello, marketing team. We'll be talking to you. No, that's okay. Um, no, that's good. So, what would that have been a couple of years ago? Yeah, two years ago. So new. Yeah, mm-hmm. newish in that front. Ryan, yeah. how about you?
4: Mm, about the same, actually. About two, two and a half years. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: So what? How in the world did you even survive before Boundless? That's what I want to know. Uh. Reading, oh, okay. <laughs> <I didn't laughs> the listen. Bible. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't listen to a ton <laughs> of podcasts. Oh, okay. um,
4: but I do now. Boundless mm-hmm. is the number one, my number one listened to podcast Yay. according to Spotify. Wow, thanks, Ryan.
0: Look at that. Yeah. Thank you for your support. We appreciate that. All right, John, how about you?
4: So
3: mine was about a month before I joined the Focus staff. I was actually attending a church in Greenville, South Carolina, at the time. And I was telling some of my friends, hey, I'm moving to Colorado to go work at Focus on the Family. And one of my friends named Amber told me, Oh, I love their Boundless Show podcast. No way. So at the time she was single, she's now married, so and is doing well. So but yeah, that was how I heard about the Boundless Show podcast. And then I met you. I think about a week after your mother had passed.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So,
3: man, that was quite a time to join the Focus staff.
0: I know. That was a rough season for me. I was like in and out because my mom was living with me. So that makes sense. So, well, we do have to give a shout to Amber for passing along the wreck to you. Yes, thanks, Amber. We appreciate you, Amber. Okay, for me, I have to be honest, I didn't know about Boundless until I worked here either, quite frankly, y'all. So Boundless was one of my clients uh, in running the PR team here at Focus, and I was helping them get the word out about... Um, some of the new initiatives they had. And I befriended the team. And uh, it was actually three guys at the time and, and their wives. And actually, uh, coming up right after this, you're going to meet Steve and Candace, those of you who don't know them yet. But uh, yeah, I just had to figure out like, what is even was talking about? And, uh, <laughs> and realizing almost weirdly, like, oh, uh, there are actually some things here that I need to learn from, you know, even thinking that I Knew it all at that point, maybe not all of it, but I needed to learn some, so. Okay, speaking of, let's talk about advice. What would you say as young adults, what are some of the areas that you most seek advice in? Like some of the things, let's just be honest, because if you're not going to be honest, I'm going to tell on you for you. Um, some <laughs> of the things that you find yourself being like, uh, yeah, I probably needed to grow in that area or need to grow in this area, or this is something where maybe I had some wrong thinking. And, you know, it doesn't have to be something yet. I will ask you in a minute, though, about boundless in particular, but just generally, like, where have you showed up in life and found that, wow, here are some great growth points for me?
3: I think for me, it's if I'm being completely honest, it's learning to be more optimistic. Ah. That's something that I really want advice in. It is something that, by God's grace, I've gotten better at than I was even a few years ago. But Amen. it's a little funny because... A lot of my friends tell me, oh, you seem so sweet and you're so optimistic. If you were to ask my immediate family, though, they will tell you a very, very different story. I've learned how to be more optimistic. It's not something that comes naturally for me. I definitely can see what's wrong in the world and things I want to change. One of the best pieces of advice that I got from a friend a few years ago, whose wedding I was just in recently... Um, He's a great guy, but he literally point blank told me, you have got to stop watching the news. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, that's an area that I'm trying to grow in for sure.
0: That's really great. Georgia, how about you?
2: Okay. Well, I don't know if this is what you're looking for necessarily, but I will say (laughs) that I did scour pretty much anything about dating um, in the past couple months. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I now have a boo thing. And so...
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. <laughs> right. And so I'm not going to lie, cool. I did
2: I did actually like look at a lot of the articles that asked questions, like what questions to ask and how, how do you deal with boundaries and those kind of things. So that was super helpful actually for me because I am now starting a relationship. So yeah, Boundless came in clutch, <laughs> uh, read some articles, <laughs> listened to some podcasts. So thank you. You can have your whole
0: Boundless bookmark uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going and uh, curated content. So. Oh, yeah. That's very Very good. Awesome.
4: For me personally, I think the areas that I've started more recently seeking advice in is wisdom and patience. Mm. I'm headstrong. I like charging in and doing things. But where I've noticed I've been the most value to people is when I've actually given real wisdom. Uh, Not that I actually have real wisdom, but there are moments that it shines through. And the real wisdom usually only comes through very hard-learned experiences uh, and so I think like advice that I look for for myself right now has been like wisdom and patience and how to learn that from others. So I don't have to acquire all of it myself mm-hmm. uh, so that I can like become the person that I, I envision myself being.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's a great personal growth area, Um, which is funny you say that, Ryan, because I would say that is probably my current biggest growth point that Boundless has helped out with. I would say early on, and the founders of Boundless will tell you this in the original Boundless team. I was pretty lame in the whole dating area. Um, I was dating pretty poorly when I started working at Boundless, and I would tell some of my tales, and they're like, "Whoa, uh, maybe you need our help." And then I was all defensive (laughs) and everything, because I'm like, "I'm a Christian. I love God. I mean, I know. I think I'm looking for the right type of person." And they're like, "Well, how come you're dating him?" So, anyway, (laughs) sorry, guy, I was dating at the time. Anyway, um, so I had a lot to learn in that space, and also I had very much made marriage, a plan about E or F at that point. Um, I was very career focused. I was very like, marriage is going to happen. It'll just come, whatever. And so um, clearly it didn't. So anyway, um, I think that was helpful. But lately, a lot of personal growth stuff. So especially around like conflict and communication and what it looks like to receive feedback and give feedback in very God honoring ways. Those are all things that we all think that we do well and none of us do it well. None mm-hmm. of us. If you think you do, I will fight you. You do not do it well. Oh, Ryan thinks he does it well. He's like nodding <laughs> at me over here. Yeah, we'll talk afterwards. Here we go. Or maybe just on the show. Maybe I'll bring it up and I'll just confront him directly. Stay tuned. Um, okay, what? <laughs> let's talk about a little bit of that Kind of advice thing. Like, how do you feel now speaking kind of as young adults? Like, what does it look like in your peer groups and stuff to go after growth and to feel like, do you feel like you're kind of seeking things out and then your friends are kind of deadbeats? You're going to have to tell on them here. Or, I mean, or do you feel like mostly your peers and stuff are kind of going after growth in different areas? And do you trend towards people who are trying to grow or do you feel like you're pulling the pack a lot of the time?
2: I I think what's the quote of like the five people you surround mm-hmm. yourself with are kind of a reflection of how you are? Is that what the quote is? Okay. Is that the well, thing? Your you net worth become... and... Yeah. Oh, like yeah. And so. Your net Yeah. Thank you. Your so I, I, will, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will say that I do think because I try to surround myself with people who are pursuing Christ and are also trying to grow, I think that that encourages me to grow and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I will say having moved here... Because I think a big part of the reason why I moved to Colorado outside of just the job was that I had a community that wasn't pushing me um, back in Norman, and I kind of felt... You know pretty stagnant and then i moved here and everybody's pursuing um growth in some way like i have friends who are pursuing growth in their careers or people who are pursuing growth in their relationships or people who are just pursuing christ and um, trying to grow in their role in the church so i think that is something that has been very encouraging to me um so that i also do the same
5: yeah
0: That's Norman, Oklahoma, by the way. Not everyone knows where that is, Jordan. Sorry, sorry.
2: Uh, Just thought everyone would know. It's not like
0: you're saying New York City or something. Yeah. Okay. (laughs)
2: Everyone knows Norman. Right. They're like, who's he? Okay.
3: John, how about you? It varies from relationship to relationship, but I feel like for the most part, I'm surrounded by some amazing people right now. Mm -hmm. And there are some people talking about Learning to be more optimistic, as I referenced earlier, some people are naturally a lot of fun. And so I have found that sometimes being more optimistic, it honestly just helps if I'm around somebody who's lighthearted as mm-hmm. opposed to somebody who's complaining about politics or complaining about the weather or complaining about where they're at in life. Mm-hmm. The, if somebody is an optimist and they're just genuinely happy, it helps me a lot when somebody's just lighthearted and fun. And there are some areas I feel like I'm pretty strong in that I can push people to grow in more. That's also another area I'd like advice in is how to confront somebody (laughs) appropriately, too, because that's an area I need to grow in. But at the same time, there are some people who I look at and I go, wow, they are really, really strong in investing or they're really strong in their physical fitness. And so. I can learn from that, but I, th- I I love what Proverbs says is iron sharpens iron. So one man
4: sharpens another. It really is true because we have our strengths and weaknesses.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Bouncing off of what JP just said, I have an amazing group of friends at my work and, you know, we do a lot of life together. And one thing I've realized is I used to seek out people that would help grow me in a specific way. And when I did that, I realized more what I was looking for was a mentor. Because in community, I think we often get hyper-focused on something. Sometimes it's career, sometimes it's marriage. And then we try to find people that only speak into that. But the problem is you're a human that is not just a career or is just marriage. Mm-hmm. Like if you're married, there's a career. And if you're a career, like there might be marriage. And so what I've come to really find and enjoy about my friends is that they're all growing in unique, different ways. there's been a bunch of times where I've grown farther than them in that specific area. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. And I kind of start ignoring it. And then I watch them walk through it. And there's always something there for me, Mm -hmm. watching them walk through it with humility, watching them walk through it and seeing a different point of view that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a great group of people that I'm surrounded by and they may not always be growing in the direction that I really wish the group was growing in, but even in that, there's a lot of growth that happens in learning how to do community with people and learning how to be patient with people, which is something that, Lord willing, I'm going to get better. At. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm surrounded by a, a great group of people that are all growing in different ways that improve me greatly.
0: Yeah, that's so great, because it reminds me of a conversation I had with my housemate the other night, where we've gotten to the point where, you know, we know that we're both for each other. We're both friends. And so we can say, like, some pretty hard stuff to each other. <laughs> and we were having this conversation about a past trip that we were on and just some things devolved in it. <laughs> and so we were kind of processing, like, why that had happened. And... um I was able to say to her, speaking of patience, like she's very much a person who thinks that there is a right way to do a lot of things and a wrong. And I'm not talking about like loading the dishwasher, though <laughs> she does believe that as well. Um I'm talking about like bigger stuff of just like, this needs to happen in this way or you need to be this way because this is just it. She's like very black and white and very, and it comes across, sometimes she can come across as being like not super grace-filled in the way she's going to tell you that. And then I realized in that she was countering me with something about where I had kind of shown up in a situation and almost required an apology of her where I was I was kind of defending someone else that also maybe had shown up in a poor way in that. And she felt like I wasn't being fair in that. And I had to say, because I'm like, I, you know, shockingly, I feel like I'm right a lot of the time, too. I know you guys can't believe that. So, but so I had to say. You were really, you're so right about that, like what you're saying, because it just, it really allowed me to process how I had shown up in that conversation and realized Yeah, I was very assumptive of myself being right. And so it was just a really neat learning opportunity to be able to sharpen one another and come away from it both feeling like we are supportive of one another and being able to say some hard stuff and receive it and not be all toxic and weird and be like, and FYI, now I'm going to tell our 12 closest friends so that they can remind you of how you fail in this area consistently too. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) just being kind of that person is a great reminder of that like yeah especially when it comes to character stuff Mm -hmm. we have to we're going to try to not see it in ourselves and so we have to have other people point that out okay so to that point do any of you have a moment since we're on the boundless show right now a moment on the show where you felt like either you you know, we're hearing an interview or maybe it was something someone else at the table said when you were participating in a show. Maybe it's something you said that you thought was very helpful, um, but just something where you're like, it allowed you to think about something differently or process something differently. Just a learning that you had. Ryan, since Boundless is at the top of your playlist, you better be coming up with something pretty fast. Yeah. Now-
4: yeah. Um well, This doesn't quite answer your question, but some of my favorite moments on Boundless have actually been when I'm on here. But not necessarily when we're being recorded. Just a lot of the kind of back and forth that we have. Like, for those that aren't listening, we have a ton of fun. Especially for this crew that's on right now. We have to cut out a lot of laughter. uh, Because we goof around, maybe a little (laughs) bit too much sometimes. Because we don't want to be perceived as fun, so we cut out all the (laughs) laughter. We can't Uh, be fun. (laughs) I don't don't know exactly how to say this, but some of my favorite moments on Boundless are knowing what happens behind the scenes and knowing like how real and genuine it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm apologizing to you that don't get to see the background stuff, but the community roundtable, it really is just like, it's a group of people having fun, having a fun conversation, and then at some point they start recording. Sometimes Sometimes they don't tell us and they have to cut out a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. we all got to keep our jobs mm-hmm. yeah. uh but it's yeah i some of my favorite boundless moments i think have been just uh having fun in the background knowing that no one else will ever have it. it's just something for us
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A couple that really stands out to me, It the episode came out in late 2021. It was when we interviewed Jared and Gloria Ducci mm-hmm. and their story of an unplanned pregnancy and deciding whether or not to keep the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did cry in the control room during mm-hmm. that recording. And it was, we haven't ever really shared this before, but... There were actually a lot of hurdles we had to jump through to even make that interview happen. That was actually, I think, the second interview we did with them because we lost the first recording Mm -hmm. (laughs) due to some... We had to bring them back in. We had to bring them back in due to some technical issues. But I remember uh, Rod Govea, who has worked on the show a lot, said to me, he said, man, we can't lose that story. We've got to try that again. So it Mm -hmm. ended up being one of my favorites. And that's in episodes 723 and 724. The culture segment in 724 is also one of my favorites because it was my dad mm. and he mm-hmm. was one of my favorite interviews and that actually aired on his birthday yeah. so that was a really really special interview that we did with him so that's, that's really awesome. cool
0: yeah. i um speaking of the aduchi's i they that interview is something that i often refer to a lot when i'm in conversation with people about the power of church community coming around people to be successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that they, I think it was Glory who said, I don't think it was for three years that we bought diapers for our first child because our Mm -hmm. church came around us and really supported us and provided babysitting and provided, and the fact that they had to give up their quote unquote dreams of college, of whatever they were going to do. And they started working at coffee shops to raise their child and make a, a home and all that kind of stuff. And now they're pursuing college and doing. And all the things, um, but they honored God in their decision, and it's really neat. To, and it hasn't been easy, but they did it, and so oh, I man. often say that as like, "You go, guys." And they're like they're probably Georgia's age. They're young. That's young. amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. That's so. super
2: awesome. Um, yeah, I feel like there's been a couple, but like I said, I do think having been someone who did not do a lot of dating in college, it's been kind of a journey and I don't want to sound annoying, but I do think that something that I've come back to is Lisa, you have talked about, I think a couple of times, a friend of yours that went through a divorce and then anytime she went on dates after that was like, have you struggled with pornography? Like right Mm -hmm. off the bat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I found that really helpful just because as I was dating, I was like, I don't want to have there be any blind spots. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste his time, and so I've just been pretty upfront with a lot of things um, and a lot of questions and a lot of, okay, this is how I this is how I would like this to look, and I think that's been helpful. And I I wouldn't have thought that having not dated a lot um, up until now. And so I think that was really beneficial to me to hear that there are women who are upfront and honest and that it's a good thing and that it's good to just go ahead and, and say those things on, at the beginning of the relationship so that there's not any confusion later down the line.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Amen. That's great.
0: You know, it's funny you say that, Georgia, because, you know, the, the whole idea of being honest in a dating relationship and being like willing to acknowledge like, hey, pornography is a thing in our culture and we need to like address this head on. I need to not waste my time dating people who are just going to like, you know, play around with that, whatever. Um, An interview that really had an impact on me for a weird reason was a recent one that we did with Mark and Rosie McKinney on how pornography affected their marriage. And literally she uncovered on their honeymoon that he was still addicted to porn. And he was telling his story And it's not, pornography is not my struggle, but there was something that he said about needing to fully allow Christ to be on the throne in his life in every area, and he was not successful. He had spent thousands and thousands of dollars on pornography recovery and had never had success and he realized that it was because he was trying to do it on his terms and what was so much of an impact on me in that was recognizing like it was like almost god said bookmark that in your head because I want to talk to you about a couple things in your life where you're probably not giving over complete control or you probably think you know best or you whatever and I'm like isn't it just like god to use a conversation about porn To be like, hey, Lisa, let me teach you a few things out of this and stuff. But that was just something recently. There have been so many over the years Mm. that have had an impact on me. But that was one that was like, I actually went home and I wrote a couple notes out of that. And I was like, remember this. And actually, I want to go back and listen to that whole interview again, because it was really, really, really a good one. So. All right. So as we finish here, and again, we mentioned this is our 25th anniversary show. We have been kind of going after this now for a long, long time at Boundless and really equipping young adults. What would be your best encouragement as all of you being young adults for your fellow young adults listening? What's a great tip you have for them to keep growing and to go after growth, whether it's spiritually, whether it's relationally, emotionally? to really be, even when they're discouraged, even when they don't wanna be optimistic, John, about their future, about anything else, what's your encouragement to them to keep pressing on?
4: I was recently at a conference. It was a Christian business conference, yada, yada. And the there was a lot of 60, 70-year-old people there who were trying to figure out how to start again because their entire life had been dedicated to just their duties. And now that their kids you know, were raised well and successful, they didn't really feel like they had anything else going in front of them. And I talked to a bunch of them and asked them kind of a similar question, like, what's a piece of advice? And so this is the advice they gave me that I'm now gonna pass on, which is never forget how to dream. No matter what you're, if you're trying to grow, you need to have a dream to grow towards. If you just have growth as a discipline, you're gonna get burnt out. You're going to question, why am I doing this? Maintaining the ability to dream And maintaining the ability to see a bright and hopeful future that you can participate in is how you get life throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And so I think my one piece of advice to everyone would be never forget how to dream, never forget that there's always a future, and never forget that God is a God of limitless possibilities. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I think also we need each other is a big thing for sure. I was talking to a professor friend actually last week, and we were asking each other, hey, what are some ways we can be praying for each other? And I asked him, I'd love to get better at hearing from God. And he really just kind of, he very gently drilled down a great point. He shared a story about a pastor who had made a really big decision, but made a decision kind of in isolation, and things didn't go real well. And that was pretty convicting for me to hear, too, because honestly, some of the worst decisions I've ever made. Actually, let me rephrase that. The worst decisions I've ever made (laughs) were all in isolation. Mm. And I realized, wow, life really is a journey with people. And even though I'm an introvert and love my alone time. And sometimes daydream of being on an island by myself. I I, I need I need other people. And we're not
0: offended, John, even so. though we're here at the table with you. <laughs> no, you guys are great, okay. but. <laughs>
3: But it just, it reminded me, hey, whenever a big decision comes, lean into godly counsel. It, Proverbs talks about the how in a multitude of counselors there is wisdom, and uh, we really, really just do need each other. Sometimes if it's a decision you can consciously make yourself, say, hey, where am I going to go shop for groceries? Okay, you, you, you can make that decision on your own, but if it's a decision of hey, should I take this job or not? Should I ask this girl out or not? Should I take this big financial risk or not? It's good to include some people who you really trust, as opposed to just trying to do it all from a gut check on whether or not it's the right call. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I would say don't grow bitter if God doesn't take away the thorns that you have. Um, That's kind of been a big one for me recently, just um, I've had you know, different interactions where people have talked about thorns in their sides. And obviously, like, one for me is just mental health stuff that, you know, I kind of wish God would just take away in an instant. Um, And I realized that I had been growing kind of bitter, and I didn't realize that I had bitterness towards the Father because of that. But I would just say, you know, one, just have a a gut check and, and ask the Lord to reveal that. And He's been really kind to reveal that to me, that... I didn't realize that I was growing bitter towards him because he didn't just take away my OCD. Um, and so I would just say, like, just continue to turn back to the Lord in that. Like the thorns, though they are painful now, they have a purpose. And and um, it's for the purpose of knowing that we need Jesus, that we need a Savior. And they may not be healed on this side of heaven, but we know that they're going to be Um And we know that his timing is better. So I would say, yeah, just don't wish him away because I think that's something big that at least I feel in our generation where nobody likes to be in pain. Everybody wants it to end quickly, um, but there's purpose in it. And so lean into it, even though it's painful, um, even though sometimes you wish that he would just take it away instantaneously. Trust that he has something better for it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think I will leave you with something
0: that is going to sound super Jesus Juki and probably pretty intense, but hey, I host the show so I can say what I want. Um, And it's going to be, (laughs) it's going to be to say, first of all, um, figure out if you are saved. Okay, so I'm just going to put that out there because a lot of people think they are saved and they are not. So it's not if you go to church, it's not if you're an American, it's not if you were born in Texas, it's not if you retweet all the right people um, or follow them on Instagram. Uh, you will find evidences, and they are throughout Scripture, as to what it means to be saved. You are convicted by your own sin. You evidence the fruit of the Spirit. You have love for brothers and sisters in Christ. So know what that looks like, and don't make it about performance or about who other people think you are, but know that you're in right relationship with God. Then, once you realize that, you realize that a work has been done on your behalf, and God has given you his righteousness, and he has declared you righteous, and that is a one and done. And now you have the freedom to, as one of my favorite pastors says, grow into the person who God has already declared you to be. And that is what sanctification is. And you can go after growth in all these areas that we've been talking about because he has given you a new heart and empowered you in order to be able to do that. And so that is something that it took me way beyond my 20s to learn, y'all. And it took a lot of scripture and a lot of pastors and a lot of random stuff and reading and whatever. So you figure that out early on and you're going to be leagues ahead in your spiritual growth and your life growth and just in your freedom and joy in walking out the gospel where you are. And so that's my biggest advice to you and what it looks like to pursue growth in all areas of your life, because that's foundational and it will set you up for where you go in the future. So, Amen. Guys, that was a good word. Thank you so much. So, all right, you guys, thank you for being with us this week. Thanks for celebrating with us for being part of Boundless for this many years, however many years you've been part of Boundless. We appreciate you. We love you. So, to that end, we often give you an offer, really, that we do for a gift of any amount. And that's our way of saying thank you for being a Boundless listener. And this week, weirdly, uh, we're actually offering my own book, The Dating Manifesto, A Drama-Free Plan for Pursuing Marriage with Purpose. I did not make that choice, y'all, just so you know. Um, But you're going to go to boundless.org. You can search for 816. That is this week's episode. You will see the book cover there. You just click on it. And when you do so, it'll take you to our donation page. You give a gift to Boundless for the work that we already do. And we will, in turn, send you a copy of my book as Thank you to you. So maybe it's something you can do in a small group. There are discussion questions at the end. Um, I wouldn't recommend that you get it for the person you want to be dating. That could be kind of awkward. But you might be able to get some great insight for yourself from that. So go ahead and make that happen. Well, we hope you enjoy this theme song, our brand new theme song. After 15 years, we have switched it up and created a new theme song. We're going to see you around next week as we continue this conversation around all things life, faith, and relationships.
5: Fear is like a broken record, same old songs of accusation. Play like who are you to speak the truth. Just look at all your failures and mistakes. And if they really knew you, there's no way they could love you anyway. Oh, but I will fight the lies with the truth. I'll keep my eyes fixed on you. I will sing the truth into the dark. I will use my So I
0: All right, folks. Well, as we have already said, this is our 25th anniversary show. We are super excited. We're doing a few special things, and many of you have been following us throughout the month and have seen all the stuff that's going on, and you are part of that and part of the Boundless family. Well, speaking of the Boundless family, let me bring into a conversation today Steve and Candace Waters, who are officially the founders of Boundless.org, and really, most of the stuff under our umbrella, quite frankly, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, But Stephen Candice, welcome to The Boundless Show. Oh, what a gift, Lisa. (laughs) Well, it is so great. I mean, there are people who are cheering. I mean, there are people I've already told that we were going to do this interview, and they're like, oh my goodness, I can't even believe it. You know, and so super excited, folks. But we have a ton of people listening who maybe are newer to the show, who have kind of, you know, maybe they, um, let's be honest, you guys, they weren't even born um, when (laughs) Boundless started. So let's get sad about that in terms of our own stories. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, we're okay with that. They're in the in the world in the fray now with us, so that's exciting. But um, you guys were there at the beginning. And so I want to start back with that and I want someone to kind of give us a little bit of this vision of how kind of the priorities for and goals for starting boundless because I know you two met in school, you had done your own kind of digital, stuff, your own magazine work, even there. But I do want to bring up the point that this was only 1998 was not that long after literally the internet <laughs> came be. Right. Right. I mean, people can't yeah. believe this, but this was a risky venture to not only start Boundless, but to do it digitally. So talk a little bit about the conversation around that.
6: Well, there was a, a focused donor that gave money to start an outreach to college students, And Steve and I wanted to be part of that, and their leadership asked us to help brainstorm what what we might make, and they were thinking magazine. Steve said, no, we shouldn't do magazine because college students move all the time, and we should do something that would be easier for them to
1: follow. So why not digital? So that's where the digital piece came from and we just for a little more background even beyond behind that back when we were at graduate school and we're working on a digital magazine there glenn stanton actually came out to our university i think was there on behalf of focus on the family and we just really connected well we were very passionate then about generation x and talking about where they were going with life choices and would love to connect with focus on the family and do something about that and there was a lot of shared excitement but really no no opening, no opportunity around that area that we were passionate about. And so it really was timely that there would be a donor who said, specifically, I'd love to serve college students. And I think even there, there was a real anxiety, a a concern about many Christian families who were sending kids off to college and then seeing those um college students just overwhelmed with what they were finding on the college campus, and really that their faith, their approach to dating, everything was just overwhelmed by new challenges and hopeful that there could be some kind of publication, some kind of resource that could serve in that need yeah, yeah really
6: the the balance we were going for leadership really wanted at the time anyway isms and ologies, evolution, communism, and secularism, and (laughs) biblical worldview. And so there's a lot of pressure and a lot of interest, rather, in helping Christian kids stay in Christian college. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve and I really wanted to bring the emphasis on relationship and family formation to it. I think that's where there was this um, healthy tension. Talk about the issues, but we knew for us coming from Christian homes and still needing a lot of help to get married, Mm -hmm. we suspected that young people in college were a lot like we were and needed some help. And so we really uh, wanted to emphasize the intersection of faith and ultimately family formation.
0: Yeah, which I think so many people don't realize that you know, started as a college webzine, but really as the audience aged a smidge out of college and then those decisions became even more real of like, okay, I am going to start a family. I am actually, you know, moving in this direction, trying to be intentional, but now I'm out of school. So where do I even meet people and stuff? So that's kind of where yeah. that young professional, that young adult is kind of where we have landed in recent years. And not that you college kids are just on your own. We don't care about you. We are still in our folds. <laughs> but we're we are we're aspirational towards that, uh, you, those young adult years of really owning your faith and, and your family formation and whatnot. So, okay, well, that said, one thing that we've never really answered comprehensively here is the origin of the name Boundless, because I know that there were several kind of iterations of that or, or facets to it. So talk through kind of what you were thinking when you said, we're going to talk about this in terms of being boundless.
1: Yeah, when we first got going, we ended up with kind of a default name that grew out of an event that Focus on the Family used to have called Life on the Edge. There was a early brainstorming session and the sense of, well, let's just call this The Edge. And as a U2 fan, I thought, well, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's like the guitarist for U2. <laughs> and uh, so we we kind of sat on that, but it wasn't quite feeling right. So we did a brainstorm, another brainstorming session. I think that's the one where Veritas got um, started to emerge, and you know, this whole emphasis on the truth. And um, I can't remember, Dr. Dobson may have even weighed in with that one, um, but there was some leaning towards that, but it still wasn't quite feeling right. So we went home, I think it was the night of that brainstorming session, and I just started going through our bookcase, just pulling out books, looking at stuff, looking at a lot of words, and I pulled out this poetry book and I found this one poem called Ozymandias, and it says, I met a traveler from an antique land who said, two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert, near them on the sand half sunk a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculpture well those passions read which yet survives, stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed, and on the pedestal these words appear, My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings, look on my works, you mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. And I thought, boundless and bare that's perfect <laughs> no, I'm i i saw boundless and i thought okay for one thing it would be an unbound publication once we had pitched digital versus a printed publication and then we had been talking so much about this idea of this season of life being such a wide open season of opportunity And especially, we had really been honing in on this passage from Ephesians 3 about knowing the love of Jesus and this context of the boundless love of God. Mm -hmm. And all those pieces started coming together. We were just excited to roll with that one.
0: That's cool. All right, Candice, tell us a little bit about, I mean, we're looking at, we're literally celebrating 25 years. Young adults 25 years ago and just our culture 25 years ago, Mm -hmm. what has changed is outrageous and exponentially (laughs) just crazy. I mean, I was thinking about this and I wrote down a few things. I said Boundless started before smartphones. Before online dating or online dating apps, any of those platforms, before the mental health crises that we're seeing today in so many spheres, before 9-11 and the actual presence of terrorism in everyday life for most young adults as they don't know life before that, Uh, things like the pandemic. I mean, I remember Gen Z, Mm -hmm. a couple Gen Zers telling me, well, if millennials are the digital generation, what are we, the masked generation? Kind of like a sense of sadness and longing in that. Talk a little bit about the differences that you see, because you guys are parents of young adults now. Yeah. What have you seen you know, concerning, but also encouraging or whatever, in just the the unique challenges that are facing young adults today versus 25 years ago?
6: Yeah, I, another one I would add to your list, Lisa, and that, that is such a shocking list, is social media. And that is hugely formative of young adults today and hugely problematic for most young adults. Um, There's so much pressure to conform. There's so much pressure to be always on, to be always available. And that means that there's so many days where you are just not where you are physically. You're, you're, mind is always far away to other things and it's like the ultimate the grass is always greener paradigm of thinking all the good stuff's happening out there and i'm not part of it so you either feel really bad about yourself or those bright moments where you have a perfect photo or a perfect meal and it's your turn to boast but it's either boasting or or envy it's like the the cauldron of of sin
0: very (laughs) character building very character (laughs) building all around Yeah. yeah
6: Yeah. So that would be, I think, a, a big challenge for young adults. One of the things that I think is encouraging is that as as America especially gets increasingly secular, it's not popular anymore to be a Christian just because that's what everybody does. It is becoming increasingly necessary to count the cost. And people who will be willing to stand up and say, I believe the Bible is true in its entirety and God is the Lord of my life, and my highest call is to obey Him, they will really have to be seriously faithful and and be full of faith. It's not just a label that people will take on anymore just because it's popular. And so I think for the, the young people who are finding their ways to faithful biblical churches, there's a seriousness and a level of commitment that I didn't see as much when we started Boundless. There was a lot more uh, going to church because that's what everybody did, cultural Christianity. And I think that's disappearing. And and that can seem frightening, but it's also encouraging because the people who are believers are genuinely following the Lord. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. What would you say? I mean, it is, I totally agree. I mean, the number of shows that we have done on digital addiction, on social media fasts, on, you know, prioritizing in person real life relationships, what that looks like. I mean, is is staggering. In fact, we've we've done a number of challenges of just like get off your smartphones and whatever, and like, hello, hand raised, you know, I have to join them <laughs> as well. So um I, I really see that. What would you say is unexpected in raising young adults now, as you have done, and now as they are adults, having a relationship with them as adults, how are you seeing that dynamic? Because I'm sure, you know, there's this element of you start having kids and you're like, we know some stuff. This is going to be great. (laughs) You know, we're pretty amazing. Okay. I mean, what parent doesn't think that in some way, but how has that? How have you transitioned in that relationship to really letting your kids launch, and now being kind of in more that mentor friend role, where you're like, yeah. "I've got to release you into the world." This is this is you and the Lord at this point.
1: Well, for one thing, I would say we've been encouraged just in many ways how our kids have avoided um, some detours that we took. We we talk about how we were drawn to this passage in Jeremiah about look to the ancient paths because we felt like we had already gone down detours and that we were kind of stumbling back in our way into marriage and family. And we've just been so encouraged by how much our kids have done a lot of things right, have been so much more principled, have pursued purity and accountability and many things that we talk about on Boundless that we see early on. And that's just been Mm -hmm. God's grace.
6: Yeah. Lisa, I was going to say, we've still got two who are teenagers, just a freshman and a junior in high school. So we're still very much in that phase. (laughs) And then we have a 23 and a 21 year old. So now two adult children as well. And I'm so thankful to say that um, we have great friendship with them. And it it was just a matter of um, tons of prayer, (laughs) Um, repenting when we sinned, being well aware that we fall short, but really being intentional about being in relationship with them all the way through, being available. And and, um, early on, learning that social media for me especially was pulling me away from them and i think when teddy was 2 i got off facebook because i was choosing facebook over him hmm. and the the holy spirit just convicted me in a moment you know what are you doing mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't worth it so we have lived pretty counterculturally when it comes to technology and have at the point where it becomes necessary as a tool not as entertainment or a toy that that's kind of our decision point for when do you get a phone, when do you have access to things, when you need it, not just because everybody else is doing it.
1: Well, and I'd pick up on that. We've really tried to live this out together with our kids that we fully recognize. I mean, here we are talking about starting a web scene back in 1998. And earlier we were together talking about starting a podcast 10 years later. And We know technology can be very powerful, can be, I think, even a means of God's grace. But we've realized we have to be countercultural in making sure we are using technology and technology is not using us. And that's something that we recognize. It is a dividing line, I think, in this generation, that you have to be highly intentional to make sure that... You're doing the surgical strikes to get into technology and social media or whatever for what can be good out of it and not being sucked in to what is good for the technology platforms and the the services that are designed to pull you in to get more out of you than you're getting out of the the technology.
0: Yeah, so good. All right. Well, as we as we close here, I want to get from each of you. You know, you have the ear of the boundless audience here listening and so many I mean, we still every week answer questions from listeners that come in and it could be on relationships, it can be, you know, one of our counselors might address something related to mental health or even addiction or just life stuff, family dynamics, a lot of stuff that are challenges, you're talking to our audience and you want to give them the best advice on something for just moving forward into their young adult years, or maybe they're already in it, they're going to be a 20 something or a 30 something, most likely. What would you tell them if you had the chance?
6: I would say, join a church, be a meaningful church member, because that is the the community that God has designed for you to flourish. And that is where if week in and week out, if you're sitting under the faithful preaching of God's word, that's what will guide you through what is a dark and difficult culture. And that is also where you're going to meet like-minded friends. And Get it out of your head that all your friends need to be your peers. Some of my best friends are the fifth graders that I teach on Sunday morning in Sunday school and the 65 and up crowd that I hang out with uh, occasionally for hikes. (laughs) And I get so much more out of life when I have friendships across the generations because it's not all the same flavor. It's got a lot of variety. And so that would be my second point is pray and ask the Lord to send you godly mentors and be willing to be a mentor. So Titus 2, all the way, young men need to be mentored by young men, young women need to be mentored by young women in the context of a local, faithful Bible church. And be a member, commit, join, make the personal investment to be a meaningful part of that
1: body. And I would add, hope in the Lord. Realize that you are surrounded by many things that call out for you to put your hope in, in whether it's education, technology, dating relationships, and realize that they are not able to fulfill the hopes that you have. They're not able to satisfy that God truly, your designer, your creator, is the only one that can fulfill your hope. And so to find him in his word, to go into his word, praying, Lord, help me to see wondrous things in your word. And then to be in that word and gleaning from it and then standing on those promises, hoping in those things so that you can enjoy career and friends and technology and other things, because you're not looking to them as your identity, your security, your salvation, your, your joy. So hope in the Lord.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well there you have it, folks. September 1st, 1998, Boundless was born. It was about 10 years after that I was invited to be part of the team. Um, I feel like I haven't stopped talking since. I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but <laughs> I became such a big boundless fan when really Stephen Candace introduced it to me and I've kind of only half jokingly told the story of it was a season where I was dating pretty poorly. <laughs> And they were kind of like, Lisa, you seem to be dating some losers. Let's maybe talk about this. And I was all like offended and whatever. But it was so instructive and so encouraging Mm -hmm. and so many areas of growth uh, to go after. And of course, I actually was a young adult then. So now I get to point the way to you as well. And so these are the two who started it all, built a team from there um, with God's help and just the neat, neat legacy that you two have. We have the best fans in the world, literally. Um, so they are so engaged and so grateful for what you guys did with Boundless so thank you thank you
1: thank you for making well, that happen. I thank you for carrying it for the last 15 years so amazingly
6: and thanks to all the fans for listening absolutely thanks
0: you too we love you and thanks for being part of our 25th anniversary celebration
6: Thank you. Happy anniversary.
0: All right, folks, we'll go to Boundless.org, search for 816 this week's episode, and you are going to find all of our past episodes and more great content there from our history. So begin checking it out if you haven't already. We
5: buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us, said our goodbyes at the grave, but everything reminds us We will sing to our soul.
0: Folks, as we finish out the show, and again, we're in our 25th anniversary month, so very fun time we've spent with you uh, in these recent weeks, kind of celebrating together. And of course, we love to include our fantastic counseling staff in our celebration. Glenn Lechens is here today to answer this week's inbox question. Hey, Glenn. Hi, Lisa. Okay, so great to have you. Um, Our listener, I'm going to jump right in. They are asking, (laughs) when pursuing a girl, what are some tips for how to be more upfront and intentional about asking her out? And I'm actually going to add to this, without seeming totally creepy,
7: (laughs) because
0: I feel like that's implied. And then all the women are saying, yeah, you know, we don't want creepers. So you help give some great insight on this front.
7: Well, what I would first do is I would first identify kind of three stages that I think are important kind of in a relationship. One is that area of interest. And when a guy uh, meets a gal that he has an interest in, I think in some ways the best way of getting to know that person is more in kind of a group setting. Um, One-on-one people can kind of... You know, you, you can kind of white knuckle it for a while and come across any particular way, but it's kind of in that group setting where you really see what a person's heart is like. Mm-hmm. And so that that first area of interest, I think, would be uh, in large measure wisely, maybe inviting someone to a group event or something of that nature, but just kind of getting them, getting to know them in, in kind of that group setting. When it's more of a pursuit, so a person says, yeah, I think I want to take that next step just being able to, um, kind of have that level of courage to, to know that you have something to offer that person, that, uh, if you, if you get a no, that your identity is not going to be destroyed, that you realize, Hey, this person has a, a, The freedom to say yes, to say no. If we ask a question and we're not able to receive the word no, then it really is more of a demand or a statement than than a question. So we need to be able to uh, experience it that way. And I would just say um, ask in reference to something which you think feels safe. Uh, When you're first taking that initiative, Maybe this wasn't the greatest example, but my wife and I, our, our first date was uh, we drove out about 45 minutes to a ski place and we skied. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, probably something that's a little bit closer to home, something that's a little bit more safe. And if you're taking the initiative and in asking, I think it's really important to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that sounds real old-fashioned, <laughs> but it's, no, taking, it's taking that initiative to say, you matter, I want to spend some time with you. And realize if it's going to be a scenario where would it be more constructive to have kind of a face-to-face, like asking her out to dinner, Or more of a side-by-side, where there's an activity that you're involved in, and that activity can kind of take maybe some of the uncomfortableness, uh, some of the nervousness out of it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's really great. Um, I think it's so true also to be... To kind of be clear in your communication. I know so many women are frustrated, you know, when they're like, I don't know, I think he asked me on a date, but I don't know if we're just hanging out or if other people will be there. And I think, again, you're not making a marriage proposal. You don't want to be overly, like, you know, demonstrative or something like that. But I think just being honest and being like, I would love to get to know you more. You know, would you be interested in doing lunch or doing coffee or whatever? So such great, great thoughts there and good insights. Thanks so much, Glenn. You're welcome. Perfect. All right, folks. um, Uh, Like I said, on the front end of this question, because we're in our 25th, we have had so many questions answered here at The Boundless Show. And so you can go back to boundless.org and search through the catalog of the many points of advice we have given over the years. And so you can plan on that and count on it and just do a search and tell your friends as well. So it's always fun for us to get to engage with you in that. So otherwise, I will see you around next week. I'm Lisa Anderson for The Boundless
1: Show. The Boundless Show is a production of Boundless.org from Focus on the Family.
3: It can be challenging to inspire your community to see life the way God sees it. So what's the solution? Well, on June 15th, Focus on the Family is hosting See Life 24. And no matter where you are or who you are, you can be a part of this free event with speakers like Ben and Kirsten Watson and real stories about choosing life. Life24 will inspire you to translate your faith into action. Register today at sealife24.org.